welcome to another episode of Cinema Olivia, your podcast for discussions on films that are weird, out of style, out of date, out of fashion, obscure, and all that jazz. As per usual, I am your host, James Eldred, and I have a cornucopia of guests today. Um, I don't even let's. I'm, we're gonna go down the list as it shows up in in the program we're using. Uh, who is here today? Starting with, I am Anthony Abbott, and I cannot wait to talk about this movie with all of you. Yes, Anthony was just here last week, I think, for Car Wash. And yes, very different film today, which we'll get to in a minute. And who else is here? Uh, I guess I'd be next. My name is T.L. Foster. Uh, I am a podcaster, and I love the American Ninja movies. And you were on this. Were you here for Last Dragon? Yes, uh, yes we talked right. about we talked about Last Dragon. I was also here for Jim Cotta. So I, right. I have Fuck a very <laughs> I have a very specific <laughs> kinds of movies I want to talk about, and it's I'm, Last Dragon and Jim Cotta. <laughs> I'm gonna say right now, this movie is not as good as Last Dragon, but it's better than Jim Cotta. That's my bold. Oh, that's my bold point. Yes, and then that is that is exactly it. Yes, and then finally, back once again to talk about ninjas. Who do we have from Chicago? Seem like we can't get away from ninjas on this show, but hey, it's Norm from uh, Question of Character, and I actually like Jim Cotta, but I know it's terrible, but I still like it. It's a bad movie, Norm. You're a bad person. Get out. Anyway, um, thank <laughs> <See> you, <ya. laughs> thank you, all of you, for being here today to discuss 1987's legendary, uh, you know, great, great, one of the greatest films of 1987 with the word ninja in the title, uh, American Ninja Two: The Confrontation, which well, that's what I say before I forget. What's a stupid subtitle? Because <laughs> aren't all films confrontations? Yeah, the confrontation. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds like it should be the subtitle for like the third movie, right? Like, like we've built up yeah. to this final third act or something. <laughs> the final confrontation. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think like you can't call it "Dudes on Vacation," which I feel like is a better <laughs> subtitle for this movie because <laughs> it's just yeah. like, like we're like when we're watching the movie, it's just like, oh, they're just like on a they're on a small couples retreat, and it just they just happen to show up. Yeah, it's so funny because like the uh like proper attire for the military is like a body glove outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying are you saying that this is uh um. Uh, Joe and Jackson are hashtag couple goals. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they're couple goals. Uh, just because Curtis is does a lot of things, are just like maybe he's a bad bo- he's a bad boyfriend, but he's also Steve James. So like, <laughs> uh, like you excuse it. Sometimes you just excuse it. But they are definitely like this is when people would like or people are like, oh yeah, we're just dudes being bros. It's like. Yeah, this is the movie. This is what you're talking about. Like, dudes just being bros. Yeah. And and this is American Ninja 2. And no, you didn't miss anything. I haven't done a podcast on American Ninja 1. And I don't really know why. I just think that, like, I've been looking for good, fun time movies. And American Ninja 2, I think we're all in agreement here, is kind of like the perfect balance between good and so bad it's good. And yeah, right. It's dumber than shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, having seen one, two, and three recently, I think one is an okay film, but it's not great, mainly because uh, Joe does not say a lot in one. He's no. a very silent protagonist. And then American Ninja 2, and it, like I said, it's it's Curtis and Joe just being bros, and it's like, yeah, now this is the fun movie I'm looking for. Like, 
go, Michael Dierdekoff. Like, this is, we're having fun now. Both are by the same director. I'm sorry, who, who, someone going to say something? No, I'm saying Curtis had a lot of fun. Like, literally, like, every moment was him smiling, you know, uh, saying, yahoo, screaming, flipping around. Yeah, he had a great time. Yeah, so, like, both these films have Michael Dudikoff and Steve James, who we will get to, especially Steve James, even though he's not the st- technically the star of the film, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but before I get to him, I do want to mention really brief, because I think this is a very strange person involved in this film. So this is a film that was directed by Sam Furstenberg. He's, no need to talk about him. We've already talked about two of the movies he's done on this podcast. Uh, the well, that's no, Yeah, just one, no, two. Revenge of the Ninja and Ninja 3, which are both Render the Ninja, good movie. Ninja 3, yes. see that movie. I'm not going to say it's good. But, you know, it's the Flashdance Exorcist Ninja film. It's good good yeah. stuff. You have to watch the golf sequence. It, well, <laughs> just watch the opening again and again and again, yes. Uh, on loop. Put that in a club, like on, on a projection screen. It'd be a good cl- Anyway, but this movie has two writers who were not involved with the first movie. One is a guy named James Booth, who was mostly an actor and apparently alcoholic. Um, and that's why he ended up at Canon. And he did a bunch of stuff you've never heard of. He was in Zulu. That's kind of his biggest role. And he co-wrote or wrote Pray for Death, Avenging Force, which I'll talk about later also, this movie and American Ninja 4. Um, and then the other writer is a fascinating human being uh, who also stars in the film. He's the lion, <laughs> a guy named Gary Conway, who was before he was a writer, before he was an actor. And before he was an actor, he posed in gay porn magazines <laughs> um, okay. in the 1950s when they were called like physique magazines, quote unquote. And if you Google Gary Conway physique, then yeah, you see it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's um, he's the hottest writer to be in this podcast. <laughs> Just gonna say, <laughs> um, not at this point in his life, but 1950s Gary Conway. He was also in a ton of movies. He was in I was he was the title character in I Was a Teenage Frankenstein. He was in Black Gun with Jane with uh, Jim Brown. Any of you seen Black Gun? No, uh, no, uh, I have not. Once you said it was a Jim Brown movie. I'm the only person in this podcast that's seen Black Gun. Okay. Um, it's it's good. That's uh, Jim Brown and Brenda Sykes, Bernie Casey, and Martin Landau. So it's a good... Jim Brown is a dude named Gun who owns this rad nightclub and some people are robbing the mafia and he gets involved. It's a, it's a good it's a good early black exploitation, 1972. I, I recommend that one. And... He's also in a movie called The Farmer, which was out of print forever that I really want to see. It's like this, it's kind of like uh, a vigilante film about a farmer, I guess. I know, but it's supposed to be really good. And he's in a buddy cop film called Liberty and Bash <laughs> with Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno, oh, oh wow. That's the, that's the, Ferrigno. That, is that the uh, Franklin and Bash sequel uh, or prequel? <laughs> prequel? That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has Lou Ferrigno, if you can't guess, is Bash. And uh, Liberty is Miles O'Keefe, who was, um, he's Ator in the Ator movies, which are bad, like, um, bad uh, Conan ripoffs. And he was in, he's in garbage. He's like, if you can't get Michael Dudikoff, and then you can't get the other guy in the other American Ninja films, and then you can't get the guy from Trancers, 
then you get him. I it's so funny that you brought up transfers just because <laughs> yeah. it's that group that me and Anthony are in. We literally just watched transfers. What oh, a no wild shit. movie! Yes, what a wild movie. A, a movie we didn't know existed until about two weeks before this recording. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you want to see a movie where Helen Hunt just wears a G jacket and has a Confederate flag on the back of it, Transfers is it. <laughs> okay. I'll, I still haven't seen it. I told my story last week about how I've met that guy three times in one weekend. So listen to that podcast. Uh, it's a long. Apparently, I look just like Tim Thomas's son. And it's Blade, <laughs> it's Blade Runner meets Terminator minus a lot of budget. <laughs> I think so. But yeah. anyway, that's Gary Conway. I just I just again I just want I just want people out there in the world to Google Gary Conway uh, Beefcake Magazine because. I want to bring joy to the world, and uh, that's my goal. But I don't think he's a very good writer. I mean, let's be real. He wrote this and Over the Top. <laughs> I enjoyed Over is... the Top at the time. Hey, man. At the time. Oh, over the Top's great. It's stupid. I saw it in a theater. Mm-hmm. You all I seen mean, Over look, the Top? I, 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 I love Over the Top. What other movie are you going to have Terry Funk in a movie? So, of course, it would have Roadhouse. Over the Top. <laughs> Isn't he in Roadhouse? Is Terry Funk in Roadhouse? Oh, wait, I think he is. I think yes. he is. Oh, oh. Ah, well, there we go. But I mean, Over the Top is a, is a fun, silly, stupid movie. Uh, and this movie is a fun, silly, stupid movie. Like I, I He may not be a great writer, but he definitely writes good schlock. Yes, I, I think Over the Top is better. Over the Top is has a better story than American Ninja 2 because it has a story. Mm. So... As opposed to this movie, which is, has a situation, it has a heart of gold. It, it, it has, yeah, it has, it, yeah. America the two has heart. Who wants to, who wants to briefly synopses the American the two plot? Uh, sure, anybody? I'll, I'll do that. Um, <laughs> okay, try so like it. Go for it. Uh, yeah, like I said, so Joe and Curtis they're on vacation uh, on a quote unquote island. In the Caribbean somewhere, we'll not really yeah. saying, uh-huh. not really saying where. Uh, then uh, they uh, they uh, like find out like some soldiers are getting captured by these uh, by they don't know who these kids are saying like these soldiers get captured. Then all of a sudden they go water skiing when another soldier like tells them, "Hey, you should go here." Uh, and uh, then they go to this island of ninjas. Uh, at one point, a ninja throws a throws an arrow at uh, Joe, who catches it, and then throws a katana at him. Um, and yeah. just basically, while this uh, like while this uh, uh, just continues on this small island, and yeah, there's like a a, a ninja compound. Uh, yeah, that's like we'll get there. Yeah, so that, yeah. yeah. That's a good. That's a good startup. Yes. So basically, it's a really it's a think piece about the human condition. No, it's not. There's it's also about, something about, about super soldiers. Like they're making yes. super ninjas. Like super ninja soldiers. Yep. Super ninjas. Yes, super ninjas. Super ninjas. Yes. Super ninjas. Yes. And but we have talked about Joe and Jackson. I think we should talk about them in, in depth now. So there is American Ninja One. American Ninja One. It takes place. I forgot where that takes place. It was filmed in the Philippines. And right. Joe is kind of a shithead soldier who has amnesia from when he was a kid, but he was also trained by a Japanese <laughs> soldier who was hiding after the end of the war to become a ninja. And yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah, it's weird because the first movie, Joe 
is like has like this reputation. So like everyone in the in the army is like, oh no, fuck with that guy. He's like bad news. But like it turns out like the army are actually the is actually the bad guys. And in the first movie, no. Joe and Curtis have a fist fight in the yeah. barracks and they become best friends. But the first movie I thought it was very funny because like the the officer who is like the main bad guy also has like a huge photo of Ronald Reagan in his office for like <laughs> yes. some reason. And it's like, oh, well, no, you're the bad guy. Like objectively, time issue like, showed that you are the bad guy. And yeah. Wait, so, then- so was the first bad guy my dad? No, it's kidding. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's so this movie, if the first movie is a very like, I would say like a, a more silent like movie. And then this movie is more of just like, like I said, it's just like, it's a situation of dudes on vacation and it, it just feels like a fever. Like if this was a part of a television show, it'd be a really wild episode. Yeah. Of this, is, Ninja. this is a far cry game. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yep. It's a far cry game. You've yeah, got good, people, good. people on an Island. I mean like what far cry three is this plot, right? Like people yeah. on an Island on vacation, then they get into a bunch of stuff and there's a whole nother thing going on, which is literally what happens in this. Like, they go on vacation, and it's this island. And then, of course, suddenly there's this whole plot where people are getting kidnapped to be turned into super ninjas. Yep, it's a Far Cry game. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, you know, Far, I haven't played the Far Cry games. They they don't have are, are, are those silent protagonists? Is it a silent protagonist or do they talk? Um, depends think, on the game. It okay. So I okay. recently played Blood Dragon, which is. Blood Dragon is an homage and parody to movies like this. And there is a character in that game at the very beginning that they, I mean, they very much do like, you know, like one of those epic, like the epic, like predator, like handshakes with the, you know, yeah. like, like let's go. And there's a character in Blood Dragon that very much reminds me of Steve James character, like just a big ripped, you know, guy who says like all the cool lines and stuff. Well, well, do the characters in Blood Dragon and do the characters in Far Cry films talk, talk more than Michael Dudikoff does in these films? <laughs> Yeah, you said um, on American Ninja One he didn't speak much. Like on this one, he barely said anything. Like yeah, something he, like about six minutes before he even said like you know one line. Like uh, he, well, he's not really a wisecracker. Yeah, I would <laughs> like, say like, like so. The first American Ninja though, I don't think he talks until like forty minutes into the movie. Like he, it's just a <laughs> lot of like glares and glances, and he's just yeah. like <laughs> they're all just like, oh, you're bad news. He's just like. He just looks at people. In this movie, he has he, tons of reaction shots. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In this movie, he actually has a personality, which is something that I didn't see in the first film. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, that, pro- that probably comes from him being a model. So, you know, he's just like looking to pose and, you know, he knows how yeah. to make that. Uh, yeah. What's that? A Zoolander pose? Blue Steel? So, yeah, <laughs> Blue Steel. For sure. Yeah, yes. Blue Steel. Yeah. yeah he, Michael Dudikoff looks like a model, and he was. Like, he was a model first, and then he did TV commercials, and then TV, and then movies. And he was cast in the first movie not because he knew any, any martial arts, because he didn't. He was cast because he looked good. And I found an old newspaper article where people like Cannon nicknamed him Dean McQueen. Because they thought he was like a combination of uh, uh, James Dean and Steve McQueen. And I'm like, no. I mean, he's cute. But let's not get crazy here. I can see the James Dean factor. Oh, I see it. I see it in both. Like he has, 
he has elements of both, but not what makes both important. Oh no, <laughs> he just no, no, <laughs> and he. I have seen three films. Well, actually, no, I've seen more than three. I've seen three films he starred in. I've seen American Ninja. Well, well, start over again. I've seen American Ninja that he stars in, and he's in a film called Avenging Force that I've seen. And he's also apparently in Tron, but has a very small role. And I also did see Ringmaster, the Jerry Springer movie, when it came out, and he's in that. So. I don't remember that movie other than it be other than it has Michael it has Spawn. What's his name? Michael J. White. Oh, Michael, Michael J. White. Michael J. Yeah. yeah. Michael Michael J. White's in that. That's all I remember from that movie. And it's terrible. So I don't feel like Michael Dudikoff brings a lot to the role other than, you know, looking relatively handsome and he's moderately physical. I would say he brings like even though he's not a martial artist per se, he at least brings some kind of like believability to the role. Uh, the the second American Ninja, David Bradley, <laughs> sucks shit. So like if he like, if you think Dudikoff is not like a good American Ninja, I get that. But I did see American Ninja three where David Bradley literally does nothing and is useless. And at least Steve, at least um you know at least. Michael Dudikoff is competent as Joe. Like, there's some competence to there, even if it is, like, misguided. reason why Michael Dudikoff doesn't stick with me is because, you know, playing his sidekick is the person who should be the star of this film. I think we all agree there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. yeah. yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, if they switch roles, that would be really interesting. Yeah. I so, I, I think uh, in uh, a couple of years I'm, I, I'm in we call the American Ninja the Steve James trilogy because he is actually the star of those three movies. Yeah, fuck yeah. So yeah, <laughs> star, uh, Sergeant Curtis Jackson is Steve motherfucking James. Uh, should be legendary actor <laughs> uh, who just oozes charisma in everything he's in. Uh how many? So I I have seen a lot of Steve James films. Um, one of my friends, uh, when he says, and I quote, when he sees Steve James, he gets quote uh, thirsty. Um, <laughs> so it's very easy to get people to watch Steve James films with me. What other Steve James films have you all seen? Kung Fu Joe from I'm gonna get you, sucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. That's, that's the that's the one that always comes back. Yeah. Okay. So you, you haven't seen. Uh, I, I have a whole list here. So he's in. Have you seen Delta Force? He's in Delta Force. Yep. I've Delta never Force. seen Delta Force. Oh man. I. If you want to see a really racist movie that's also really good. Um. Because it's about it's about a uh, Middle Eastern terrorists and it has aged very poorly. But in the second half of the film, Chuck Norris has a motorcycle with, with rockets on it. Um. Oh. You know. So you take the good and the bad. Uh. Yeah. Yep. I have seen 
was like, I have seen uh, To Live and Die in L.A. I have I seen see, that. Yeah, and I always, I forget I always forget he's in that because there's a lot going on in that movie. <laughs> I think that's probably his most mainstream film. I have seen Hollywood Shuffle. Okay, um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I've also Classic. seen way like way when I was younger, The Land of Time Forgot, and several times I've seen The Warriors. Yeah, but in The Warriors, he just plays a baseball fury. So you, I don't, I can't even tell who's him because it doesn't have his mustache. So I can't tell. They all have face <laughs> paint on, so I can't yeah. tell who they are. Uh, yeah, I've seen Hollywood Shuffle um, in film school. I feel it's safe to say that like every up and coming black actor is in that movie. For yeah. the most part. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah, yeah. For sure. That's like the eighties that's like everybody. That's a great movie. Um I ha- and I have seen he has a very small part in mask, I don't even remember. And I've seen he made a few movies with this guy named I think Joe Glickenhorse. Is that how you say his last name? Joe Glickenhorse. He made a movie called The Exterminator. Which is like Death Wish, but more fucked up, and hmm. uh, it's really it's disgusting. And in that movie, Steve James got severely burned during a uh. stunt gone wrong. I found an interview with him where he said that after working on the Exterminator, I came to the conclusion that a lot of special effects men are pyromaniacs. So he, he kind of had a he did not like that kind of stunt work after that. He's also another film by that director called The Soldier, which I watched last night, which I, I, that movie is nonsense. <laughs> I really recommend it. It's garbage. It, it, it is, I can't even, it, it's such a, it's a very bizarre film. Steve James has the best scene in the movie where he goes to a country western, but it's like the scene in 48 Hours, but he kill, almost kills everyone. <laughs> Uh, it's, oh, like it's, wow. it's almost the exact same scene. He goes to this country rentry bar. Someone calls him the N word, and it goes down. <laughs> it's a new sheriff in town. His name is Steve James. Sheriff, yes, called Steve James, and and at the same time, there's mud wrestling. Yeah, this movie I do want to say. I do want to say. All set the Tangerine Dream. But go ahead. I'm, what, 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 what? Yeah. So, like, how does he compare to Carl Weathers? Like. Does he not have the like charisma that Carl Weathers had, or is it, like what are we looking at with that? Because they're kind of essentially the same kind of person. I would say I'm, I'm going to venture to say this. I think Steve James has a little bit more of a charisma than Carl yeah. Weathers. I think Carl Weathers is really, really cool. I think honestly, what hurt Steve James is passing so early. Because I think mm-hmm. if Steve James would have hit past that 94 bubble. When a lot of like directors who became like pulp directors like Tarantino and Kevin Smith, like when they got to work with a lot of actors oh, they loved point. in these bit in these bit movies and were able to resurrect their careers. Like let me look at Samuel L. Jackson. Like I love Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, but think about how badass Nick Fury uh, Nick Fury would be if it was Steve James as Nick Fury. Like <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it would be so dope. Well, Steve James's son says that. James was supposed to be Jax in the Mortal Kombat films. Oh, that would have been dope. Which would have been dope. Been perfect. Yeah. I, it would have been. I, yeah. I, I feel that Steve James has better charisma than Carl Weathers. I think that maybe Carl Weathers had a better agent. Mm-hmm. I think that's basically what a boil. I think Steve James got in a B movie rut really early. 
Yeah. So, like, you know, in the same year he's in American Ninja, he's an uncredited extra in Weird Science. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, <laughs> I mean, and he plays a hospital intern in Mask all the same year. So, in like mainstream Hollywood, he is literally an extra, but he's second build in canon films. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, you could even you could even see an alternate timeline where he would have even been like a good early blade, you know? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. You know, and, and like, I found yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh no, I was gonna say, or like, you know, I love Michael Jai White, but like or I, yeah, don't. I like Michael Jai White, but it, but him as spawn would have been really he, fucking interesting. He would have been much better than Michael J. White. I think yeah, Michael that's the J. Black White muscle. Go ahead, what what, what oh, yeah, that that's the black muscle trio. So yeah, Michael J. White, Carl Weathers, and <laughs> Steve James. That's yeah. that's the black muscle eighties trio. I think the seventies you get uh Jim Brown, uh, Isaac Hayes, and Fred Williamson. Oh, uh, yep. There you go. Yeah. Steve James has big Fred Williamson vibe, in my opinion. Like, they both kind of have, like, they both look like they're having fun. Yeah. Like, Steve James always looks like he's having a good time. And, I know, like, oh, I was going to say, like, especially, like, in movies like this, you always want to have stage presence. And, like, like, like we like we've been saying, the thing that kind of puts him over the top of like someone like Carl Weathers or Michael Jai White or I, for like a lot of actors is just every time he's on the screen in the movie, you're just like, what is he doing right now? What's going on with him? And not like in a negative way. You're just like, I'm interested in everything happening with Curtis Jackson right now. And that is just on the presence of Steve James. You know, you know what it is too. And I don't mean just him like physically, but like, He's a very animated dude, right? Like, there's a scene near, like, the very end of the movie, you know, they've had, like, all these fights and stuff, and, uh, you know, him and, and Michael Dudikoff have kind of gotten separated, right? And it's, like, the first moment where they're kind of getting back in the same area, in the same physical space. And all he does is look across the room at him and give him a thumbs up, and he does the kind of, like, everything good. Like, he kind of looks up and gives him, like, an eyebrow, like, is everything cool? And even just something about the way he does that is, like, He's just really good at using like his his facial expressions, and he's just a very animated dude. Like he didn't have to even say anything sometimes, and it's just like, I mean, the camera loves this guy. Like every scene he's in, he kind of steals it just by just being there. And magnetizing. And he does look amazing. Yes. And and he apparently liked to just wear vests or just nothing, because he was like, I I found this great interview with him in the newspaper, and he's like, I know I look good, and this is hard. To do, and I want people to see it. Nobody holds a machine gun in one hand while while wearing just a vest and a headband better than oh yeah Steve James. If they if they could have made a contra movie, he could be the dude on the cover. Like oh man, Steve James and Commando. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I read or, a great. It, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was gonna say or Steve James and Predator. Like yeah, he, yep. he just has that vibe. Man, and what happened? You know, two terrible. things we, happened. We two things happened. I, I actually, you know, he did pass away young. He had cancer. Mm-hmm. And also, like, in this interview I read, like, he refused to take, quote, unquote, black roles. He wanted, he, he's like, he, he, he's like I, I want, I'm an action star. I said, be, I want to, you know, there's nothing about my roles that I take that a white or black guy can play them, you know? And... Mm-hmm. I think in Vigilante, I think they probably wrote that scene into that once he was already cast. And the Vigilante, um, um, the soldier, like when he says, when the guy calls him the N-word, they probably 
made him say that just to make make, to, to justify the fight. But other than that, in most of his films, there's nothing about the character that really says this has to be a black guy. And maybe he tried to put himself up against roles that at the time weren't going to go to black guys because Hollywood sucks shit. Yeah, I think, man, Steve James was born 10 years later. He's like, he like, I'm, I'm saying he's like Will Smith, but like, he could have done those roles that Will Smith did. Like, uh, I don't know, man. Steve James just rules. Like every, every time I see him in a film or on screen, I'm just like, yeah, no, he's just so good. And like, yeah. I don't see how everyone just doesn't see this. It's like, I w- need you to be in every film. Yeah, I I feel like if if somehow someone's listening to this and you haven't seen this movie already, go watch this movie. And if you're wondering, man, they're talking about this guy a lot and he is not the top build actor in the movie. Right. But everything you see in this and I'm going to say, of course, yeah, Michael Dudikoff was not a martial artist, but he looks like he's trying with what choreography he was doing. You know, he's doing the best he can do. He's putting in effort that he can do. But Steve James has like even the coolest action stuff. Right. Like there's a part in this movie. Where I still, it's such a simple scene. And I've watched it three times in the past week. <laughs> and I still don't know how it happens the way it, it looks. But it's like Steve James pulls out like a knife. And then it, it seems like he pulls out another knife from that knife. And I'm like, <laughs> how did he fucking do that? Nesting dolls of knives. Yes. Yeah. It seems like the thing that Michael Dudikoff would be doing. It's like all, even all the coolest action stuff is just like, uh, I mean, he kind of gets all the best moments, I feel like. Imagine if there would have been a Steve James, uh, oh, I forgot, Sokosuki film. Like, imagine how good oh, that would have yeah. been. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, but it, we should stop talking about hypothetical Steve James films. Um, yeah. Rest in peace, Steve James. Mm. Should be a legend. Awesome, awesome. We'll talk more about him soon in this podcast, in this episode. So, uh, nobody, like, I went through the entire cast. There's nobody really in this movie. <laughs> Other than yeah, those no. guys. Like Gary, <laughs> yeah. Gary Gary Conway the Lion, he's a writer. He he's probably the biggest actor in this movie. Uh and he was not in much. Is there anybody in the, other than well Tojo Ken is Mike Stone. Mike Stone. There we go. Yes, thank, thank you. Um <laughs> that was a joke we had. Anyway, he he was he he wrote Enter the Ninja and he is the stunt man a lot in those movies. And he's good, he's a good stunt man, not a good actor. Yeah. Um and even worse screenwriter. But yeah, nobody else really, I think, worth mentioning really. Do you all agree there? Yeah. Like I said, it's it what I mean by it felt like a watching a like an eighties television show. I, I meant that like sincerely because a lot of the other actors that are not Michael Dudikoff or, you know, or Steve James just felt like they were there. Like if you were watching Miami Vice, they would be like characters <laughs> you would see in Miami Vice. And like, yeah. there's no shade to them. It's just like they were just really there, you know. Yeah, and and I bet I, I'd have to imagine at least one person in this movie was in Miami Vice at one point. I know the turncoat marine; he was in Chips, and like, you look at his filmography. He's like, name a TV show. He was in Chips, Facts of Life, Hotel, Growing Pains, Silver Spoons, Sledgehammer, which is a great show, Quantum Leap. Alf, Melrose Place, Murphy Brown, the Harry and the Hendersons TV show, you know, just <laughs> Ellen, Friends, every TV show. So while, you know, uh, Larry Poindexter <laughs> might not be a household name, I'm sure he's doing fine. 
you know. Yeah, this is so, like while the right. background par- characters came to play, have a good time. Yes, exactly. They all wanted to have a nice vacation in lovely, sunny <laughs> um, uh, South Africa, um, which is uh, where this movie was filmed. Um, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do wonder how the uh, the initial one would have been if they would have done the urban city, like they say in the behind the scenes. You know. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. They wanted to make it like a more of an urban movie, not like not urban yeah. as in Hollywood coding for black, but urban as right. in in Actual a city. city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it would have been a much. I mean, obviously, it would have been a much different movie. But like, I think the shooting in South Africa, but then also making it like the Caribbean. I know, like when I initially watched it. We were having a whole conversation of like, okay, but where is this? Because it doesn't seem like <laughs> it seems like I just watched a really good video of like breaking down like how Aladdin like is actually like if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense like how it's like the topography of how Agrabah is because like nowhere in the Middle East is there like a large populated city would not have would not be just desert. There would be like trees and stuff, right? And like when you look at this like this island nation, it's just like. I guess this is the 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 Caribbean or like Saint Croix or something like that, but it doesn't look like it, and these buildings don't look like that. But it's South Africa, but it's not. So it, it's just I think it's like a very tonal whiplash when you look at where it was shot and what it's trying to present. Yeah, and were there still drums? I think I yeah, heard some in the, like in the soundtrack because I own the soundtrack. Okay, yeah. okay. I okay. think think there was. Oh, by the way, okay. Oh, oh the so soundtrack. The soundtrack <laughs> so uh me and anthony we watched this movie this was would have been like a month ago and the name comes up george clinton which not oh yeah, yeah george, george, <laughs> george <not that>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i wrote that down too yep <laughs> <laughs> it is george s clinton but we did stop the movie for a second like hold on wait george clinton from parliament <laughs> from, from, like george clinton wrote this movie. It was like no george s clinton different guy still great soundtrack George S. Clinton's a good composer. Yes, I, tremendous soundtrack. By the way, I I like a lot of the the stingers and stuff for this soundtrack. I thought it was really fun. I, um, I have a CD called American Ninjas and Fighters, which has themes from American Ninja One, Two, and Three, and Avenging Force, um, which is a great um, good workout music, and uh, I, I recommend that. George S. Clinton also did Mortal Kombat. And um, what? two of the Austin Powers films and Wild Things, uh, Big Mama's House two, not the first one. Um, well, maybe the first one. He won. He won an award for. He won. He won a. He won a BMI Film Music Award for Big Mama's House two. But no, he's a he's a legit composer. Like he's done like major films. So, you know, I looks looks nothing like George Clinton. You know, old white man. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think when I looked at his photo, I was like, oh, this is a different man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different man. Uh, yeah, so yeah, but great, great score. Yes. I, 
I, I, when I found out this movie was filmed in apartheid air South Africa, I was like, well, that's that's fucked up. That's not good, especially yeah. like in the late eighties. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I think eighty seven. Like, like this is not excusing. I'm not excusing this. This should never <laughs> okay. fucking happen. So I'm, I'm caveating <laughs> that with this. Good caveat. However, however, <laughs> let me drop the however. Um, it is eighty seven. And I know, like, a lot of times people are just like, yo, I got to get paid. And I will give I will give Michael Dudikoff this. When they said American Ninja 3, we're going back to South Africa, he said, I'm not doing it. I'm not, not shooting in apartheid South Africa, which is, like, that's pretty rad. Like, that's a, that's yeah. a rad thing to do. That's a very adult Definitely. thing to do. Yeah. I don't fault any actor who takes this role. Like, I don't fault Steve James for doing it. You know, because right. it's hard to get good roles. And if you don't take it, someone's going to take it. So, like, the from the acting standpoint and from the American crew who came to South Africa, it's a job. And you don't have, especially, you don't well, you always have the choice. But, like, Canon Films chose to film there because of a tax loophole that gave them double a double tax deduction. And that's it. So, like, human rights violations, human rights violations. Who cares? Give me that tax break. And that's why they filmed in the Philippines. Like the fil- filming in the Philippines, not much better. Right. I mean, it's not an apartheid. I'm not, I don't want to compare the two, but Philippines in the 70s and 80s, not a nice place for for people. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, that's uh, that's currently that was like under their dictator rule. Like, yeah. Yes. Uh, the people who are trying to get who are trying to get the power this year, you know. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So it's it is a very like it would be akin to like shooting a film in like North Korea now right like it's just like i don't think it'd be like, that bad but it's bad it's, 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 bad. it's, it's bad it's bad it's bad yeah it's bad <laughs> yes north korea is a whole other whole other sure. thing yeah. sure yeah. yeah you're right you're right yeah because <laughs> very yeah, glib of me yeah no no it's you know they're both fucked fuck them both you know uh but this is after like i don't know how old you guys are do you remember like um who what the dude um bruce springsteen's guitarist had that song sun city and, uh, uh, no, 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 so Sun, yeah, Sun, I would have been one when this movie came out. So yeah, no. Um, <laughs> there's a song, the Sun, Sun City, not in Arizona. Um, in it was a resort in South Africa that a lot of artists played, and so Stevie Van Zant, who was Bruce Springsteen's guitar player, wrote a protest song called "I'm Not Gonna Play Sun City," and this was in '85, and it was a this is kind of like the peak of the of the um post you know we are the world like uh charity song you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but it had like um i'm looking at the wiki now so like it had like um grandmaster melly mel the fat boys bob dylan herbie hancock ringo star lou reed run dmc peter gabriel eddie kendricks bobby womack epic mabata keith richards the other george clinton the actual george clinton george clinton prime um you know, <laughs> uh, uh, Pete, Pete Townsend, Ronnie Wood, Clarence Clemens. So a lot of big people to bring awareness to this. And then later on, when Queen played Sun City, I, I, they were trying to play it for a uh, integrated crowd. That was their goal. It didn't work out. And people boycotted Queen for a while because of it. Mm. So, like, people knew by 1987, apartheid South Africa, you know, fuck those guys. So... I the fact that Canon the Canon guys are not good people. So 
I guess it doesn't really surprise anybody, but it is kind of a bummer. Um, where was Ford made? Is Ford made in South Africa? Anybody know? Ford? American Ninja Four. American Ninja Four. Uh, I know. I'm American Ninja sure. Three yeah. is American Ninja Three is is South is is South Africa still. So maybe by that's four. When meet, that's when they meet together, right? Uh, Joe and the new guy. Yeah, from Four three. is the the. We'll get to it. Four is the underwhelming <laughs> meeting of the ninja. Uh, according to INDB, American Ninja Four was filmed in nowhere. So, uh, uh, oh, oh, South, South Africa. Oh, so, hey, he, he yeah. came back. Dudikoff came back but, for that one. But it was 91, right? So, yeah, okay. It's 91 after the apartheid state. Cause I think 90 is is when it falls. When it falls, yeah. It ta- it's going. It's it's already going down before that. But it, I think it's yeah. it is a, a time of rapid change. But this is, this is not a political podcast, so I don't know. Right. I don't. I don't want not a history yeah, podcast. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Everything uh, I'm saying is just just I change it like the ten percent wrongness. But I, I think yeah, that was it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I think that was it's his fine. his his impetus of going back because it's like, oh hey, it's not an open apartheid state. Anymore, and fuck that right? other American ninja. I'm the real American ninja. Uh, we'll talk, that, we'll talk about him in a minute. We'll get, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Before we talk oh, about American Ninja Four, we should at least talk more about American Ninja Two and probably three. Um, so before we go into it in detail, spoiler warnings, although it's a movie about fucking ninjas, that's half the plot. I think you're good. Uh, this is on Tubi. I didn't mention that last time. It's still free on Tubi, and it's also on Vudu. So if you want to, and I think you can just find it on YouTube. <laughs> it, no, it's, so actually the can, the official Canon Films YouTube channel has the American Ninja movies for free on YouTube with ads. So oh, fuck. I didn't know that. You can, yeah, you can watch American Ninja 2 on YouTube for free. Huh. I'm shocked there's an official Canon YouTube channel. Is that a, is that really official? Is it official? They are making they're making ad revenues on it. I think it is like an official ring of it. I'm going huh. to verify that right now. Yeah, I'm looking at one second. It's kind of no longer exists. Oh, okay. It's on YouTube. YouTube movies. They have certain free movies on it, so it is it's okay. like legit YouTube's free movie channel. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, good. That's good. So you don't you don't have to pay to watch it. You can you can watch it for free on YouTube or on Tubi. Or if you want to pay three dollars and watch it on Vudu, go nuts. So I think we all like this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's it's in my top ten like favorite bad movies. It's yes. it's it's really high up there. I really like this movie. My, my my favorite thing about it, I mean, there's a lot of things about it. I don't, my favorite bad thing about it, so like they're in some Caribbean island somewhere, you know, Jamaica Buda. I don't know, and there are ninjas kidnapping soldiers, and you don't know why yet. But the whole point of ninjas wearing black is <laughs> <laughs> so. They can hide in the shadows. Okay, I'm I'm not I live in Japan. 
okay? There are not a lot of historical documents of ninjas on the beach. Um, but see, were they American ninjas? See, that's the thing I think you may be looking... Like, Japanese ninjas, understandably, they have to go and they have to... Like be stealth and like their their outfits are designed of the of the different areas that they're at. But American ninjas, especially in the Caribbean, <laughs> they have to wear that. That's how they get their ninja powers, you see. And they have to wear that outfit. American ninjas, especially in the Caribbean, it's a good uh good caveat. The hilarious part is why did uh you know Joe have to even wear a mask at the end anyway, you know, when he's fighting like the final fight. It's like you don't have to like disguise yourself. Just well, fight. I think two two reasons. One, the movie is called American Ninja. Oh yeah. So, so at some point, also at that point, you can use a stuntman. Ah. So mask on, easier to. Mike Stone can jump in there and uh, fight himself. Can we talk about the very core of this movie, which is martial arts? Can we talk about the choreography? Okay. <laughs> Because it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. It's a it's a mixed bag. I'm not in here looking for you know like the raid redemption levels of crazy stuff, right? <laughs> but, but but let me say this: there are moments in this where it feels like someone stepped onto the set and they were like, "Okay, we're gonna do a, a run through of here's what we're gonna do in this scene," and then they filmed that kind of very next moment of like, "Okay, cool, we got it," and that's a wrap. There were moments where I think even the very beginning scene where the the three the the first set of uh, soldiers in the bar that get kidnapped or whatever, there's moments where it's like, well, he kind of looked like he hit the guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. I kind of love that the movie is that cheap where it's like it's a fight scene to an extent, but it's silly enough to where um, what was the moment where the guy throws something at Dudikoff and he catches it between his fingers? That's what. Oh. That's so fucking stupid. Okay, yes. am I crazy? I rewound. I rewound the scene three times. Did you see the string on the thing in in the yes. camera? Okay, yes. I did that not. But I, okay, I saw uh, it this time when I watched it. I saw the string on the on the thing that he caught, and I loved it even more. You know, Bruce Leroy can catch bullets with his teeth. Mm. Michael Dudikoff can catch trank darts with his hand. Not as cool. What's his hand? Not I mean, as cool. Look, look, okay, look. Uh, <laughs> I have, I have since recording this episode, I have, I have a very, I have, I have soured on Leroy Green. Just, just a smidge, just a smidge. I haven't. I think, I think, okay. I think Joe Armstrong would beat up <laughs> Leroy Green. I, I, from, from watching this movie, like. He, there's just so much. There's so many things that happen in this movie that are just like beyond reason. That <laughs> that the Dudikoff just just handles flawlessly, and it's like, oh, I, maybe, maybe. My, my favorite part early on in the film is when so there are army rangers who are going to this island to help the marines who protect dip, who are like guard diplomats, and the marines are being kidnapped. And the Marine commander who goes by Wild Bill, who, like, that dude, like, not a good mustache, unlike Steve James. But anyway, um, I have a lot of bad jokes there. But anyway, he he's like, there's been reports of mysterious men dressed in black. And I love the knowing glance that uh, <laughs> Dudikoff and yes. James, like, 
I think he's talking about motherfucking ninjas. <laughs> We've been here before. <laughs> Wait a second. Record scratch. And then they go, because of that really short, there's that short fight scene in the beginning, but the real first big fight scene is this scene is this straight up on the beach when yeah. that asshole Tommy leaves him there and the mountains of ninjas just like, it's like horde mode. <laughs> I, speaking of mountains and ninjas, yeah, you know when they did that, uh, when they climbed up each other, they said they had to do that like a ton of times because they kept falling over each other. It looked cool. <laughs> I want the, the ninja all the ladder. Outtake, I want all the outtakes of that with, with, with bowling sounds, like pins oh. being knocked over. Um, I think it's a fun fight scene. Parts of it are very well done. Parts of it are dumber than shit. It's my favorite. It's my favorite fight scene in any. I think of any movie. I love it. So it's so. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> the intro is a ninja <laughs> popping up from the top of a mountain, shooting an arrow at shooting an arrow at Michael Dudikoff, who catches it. Does he throw the arrow back at him? No. Yeah, he does. He spins around and throws a katana. It's not an arrow he oh, throws I, back. I missed it's that. Kat- I missed that. It's a katana. It makes yeah. no fucking sense. <laughs> it's yeah. wild. It's the transmorphing powers of ninja. He makes it a point to hold the arrow and spin around and throw a katana into the guy's stomach. I never so, noticed that. I always thought it was an arrow. Yeah. No, it's a katana. It's, it's so a katana. great. Because you see, when it hits the guy, you see the hilt and everything when it hits the guy in the stomach. Oh, God damn it. I'm so pissed yeah. now. <laughs> well, it missed. happens pretty quick. I mean, but when you when you do see that just the moment it connects, you're like, is that a katana sticking out of that man's stomach? And it is. My I think, yeah. Dudikoff holding the arrow in his hand. My you, favorite. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Norm. Well, I was saying, did you guys hear about that uh, the anecdote that Steve James had about uh, not being able to swim? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, yeah. I didn't yeah. hear that. So what it is is, uh, you know, those rocks that were on the beach. Uh, they got on top of them, and then like Steve did a, an aside to uh, Michael and was like, "Hey, uh, you know, we're up here. You know, um, I can't swim." <laughs> and then Mike was just like, "Hey, you get off of here! Then like, why are you here? Go get a stunt man, and uh, you know, don't kill yourself over it. It's not worth it." But yeah, he was like terrified. He didn't, you know, he can't, he's that big, you know, can't swim. But you, you missed the second part. The stunt man couldn't swim. Yeah, I forgot about that part. That's hilarious. Another black <laughs> also, guy. Also, the stunt man couldn't swim. Just yeah. perpetuating the stereotype. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> I was say, did they just, they just were like, all right, uh, we need to get a black guy. Um, should they know how to swim? Because there's like a, a whole part where, nah, where nah. will that come up? Swimming? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that 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 whole scene. Like, I'm glad someone else mentioned the stereotype part because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, what the fuck? That's fucked up. What the fuck. Um, yeah, that part's stupid. My favorite, like you mentioned, the guy getting the giant sword through the gut. My favorite impaling in the movie is when Tommy gets murdered. Um, I think that's his name. The the, the turncoat guy who's being yeah. blackmailed, and they they have a small fight in a bar. They go upstairs. I like it when Dudikoff kicks the guy through two doors. That's good stuff. <laughs> and then they're like, they hear a noise by the window. Tommy goes and looks. He gets stabbed and he falls back. And there's a giant spear in his stomach. Like, it's taller than him. <laughs> that is such... That seems, there's so much whiplash in it. Because, like, one, it's already a lot just going back to that bar. Like, yeah. I understand like, it's probably one of the sets they have. But when Tommy when he falls back, because it looks like oh it's just a small hit, and then it's giant spear, like 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 a like I said like a like a live action cartoon. You're just like, 
what the fuck am I watching? What's going on here? Yes, and then there's a pretty good say scene. I think that my favorite fight scene in the film is when um, Dudikoff and James are at the bar. Because yes, like, yes, James is having fun, and then they, ha- they use the bowling sound effect for one scene. <laughs> the high fives. Um, it's just like Steve James is is, is uh, DTF down to fight. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. That's that's my favorite of the early ones. But also, I think after that is when we start to get the plot. I like that though. So there are ninjas on Blackbird Island, which is my favorite <laughs> Nintendo game. Um, <laughs> and there's that woman who shows up at the embassy to accuse um, Leo the lion of being a bad guy. Wait, and, wait, wait, yeah. wait! Did I did I not realize till now that his name is Leo the lion? Oh <laughs> my not, god! Did I not make that connection? What a revelation! What I, I, totally, I totally did not realize we all missed that. I even wrote Leo Burke the Lion, and I didn't even realize it. <laughs> I completely missed that. I've watched this three times. Hey, do you know it's Miles Tails Prower, and it means Miles uh, Prower? Okay. See okay. that one? Yeah. I, I did. At least okay, just check. <laughs> um, but I love so like somebody else explain where the ninjas are coming from and how. Okay. <laughs> All right, Travis is ready. So, the ninjas—they're <laughs> on this island. Um, there's on this island. Uh, the lion uh, has been like making this, making this, like getting all these ninjas. They are having. I this one isn't the one with Ninja E3. I think the next one is the one with Ninja E3, but it's the exact same thing. Like they're trying to mass produce ninjas and they kidnap the scientists so they can make super ninjas. And that's like the girl who's like accusing the lion of like having all this stuff. That's her father. Her father was kidnapped uh, by, by, by the lion. Am I right? Am I, am I remembering that correctly? You left out a key part. The father was working on a cure for cancer. That's right. That is then being used to make ninjas. Mm-hmm. I hate it when my cures for cancer are used to make ninjas. <laughs> you know, I, I have fibromyalgia. I wonder if they, if they make a cure for that, can that be used to make samurai? I don't know, like, if that can be corrupted either. I just, I love the sentence... His cure for cancer was turned evil to make ninjas. I, I, that's just, it sparks joy in my life. Speaking of phrases, uh, going back to Wild Bill, he says one of the weirdest, weirdest lines in the entire movie. I'm not sure if anybody knows what I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. But he says, oh my God, these guys are beginning to get on my tits. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. It was so weird. I think I, I think uh, Gary Conway, who wrote that line, Gary Conway lived in California too long because that's the kind of phrase you hear in California. It's like bitching. Really? Oh yeah, it's, I it's never a, I heard think, that in my life. Yeah, I've I have heard that. It's, it's it, hearing 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 a marine say it. It's funny. Uh, it kind of comes out of left field, you know. <laughs> it's like Wild Bill's the kind of guy who says hella a lot. I bet I'm hella mad. Yeah. At this sounds like. 
Well, I just like the part that Wild Bill asked them, Ninja, what the hell are ninja? And they started to, like, Curtis starts to straight up give them, like, a real, like, encyclopedia answer. Like, they're a secret Japanese society. Like, he gives them a real legit answer. And he's like, what the hell? Like, Wild Bill is so confused by the concept of ninja. I like I just that, that. that Wild Bill doesn't know what ninjas are, but he knows enough not to use plural because it's Japanese. And Japanese doesn't use plural lesson, plural nouns. So it's always ninja. Right. No, uh, in Japanese you, grammar, you can't say ninja. It's always ninja. So yeah, that's okay, hilarious yeah. to me. Uh, have you guys uh, seen the HBO Max show Close Enough, or any like JG Quintal's like work like regular show or something like that? I've seen regular show. I okay. have not. I'm Wild sorry. Bill reminds me of a regular show character, specifically like the the uh, the fit the fist cunt. Like the kung fu guys who wear like the cutoff shirts and have like the mullets, like that's yep. who he reminds me of. Every time I see him, I'm just like, you just remind me of like a Rick and Morty character. He does look like a character in a skit from a live action Adult Swim show. He kind of he kind of looks like Crocodile Dundee at the very end of the movie, though, right? <laughs> With yes, that hat, yeah. Or was it just yeah, me yeah. thinking that? Yeah, I don't. He, he looks like Crocodile not, Dundee a little bit. I tend not to think about Crocodile Dundee, so I, I don't know. I want to get to the third act because it's hilarious because they go to the island and they're showing off like Leo is showing off his evil ninja army and the, he figures the best way to show it off is to have one of his bodyguards murder half of them. Yeah. So that's always weird. Why would you? Okay. Look, you spent all this time to kidnap soldiers for your super ninja army but then you let off the best soldier to murder them all. It's like I feel like there's a cost analysis that <laughs> he is not working with correctly. And also, I do want to say, and uh, I would I would ask um, I would ask Norm uh, as, a, as a ninja expert, right? Norman James is ninja experts. Are these? The worst ninja, like not the super ninja that Joe, that Joe fight. That guy's a good ninja, but the other ones are they the worst ninja in media history because they do not do anything stealthy and are basically fodder. You like, mean the worst as an, as an inept as an inept ninjas? Yeah, they are the most inept ninjas. Yeah, what do I've you think? What do you think, Noam? Yeah, like you said, the bowling ball sound effects—they're like goofy almost. It's stupid. Well, not even to set the bad ninjas like. The like they're running in broad daylight with their arms spread open like the fucking eagles, <laughs> <laughs> and Ko- Tojo Ken kills like half of them. And yeah, they're bad. I think the ninjas in American Ninja Three are also pretty bad, and I think the ninjas in American Ninja Four are really bad because I don't remember anything about the movie. You know, I watched it last month. So, but in a good film, yeah, a good film. Uh, I think the ninjas in this movie are pretty bad. They're, they're not good ninjas. They're bad at their job. Speaking yeah. about the money, like you said, uh, man, the lion is making $5 billion in heroin? Like, jeez. Hey, man, it's a growth market. Hey, $5 I guess billion so. in 1987 money. In heroin, yeah. Just in heroin. 
hey, he he saw grunge was getting popular. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to open up some business in Seattle and get my money. Uh, speaking of money, this movie had like no budget because the first movie did really well. So the second movie, they slashed the budget in half. So this entire movie was made for like $300,000. <laughs> and that's why, it looks, say. <laughs> that's why it looks so bad, I think, in parts. Yeah. I'm about to say, like, a lot of these fight scenes have very big Power Rangers energy. Like, <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a sound stage. Can you just fight for a little bit? It oh, was, what? Like, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, and, like, that's not a problem. I, I love Power Rangers, <laughs> but still, like, that's it's why, not great. Like, once, when people think about low budget and think about not good actors and not good sets or whatever, but it also means that if somebody misses a punch really bad, they don't always have the money to film more takes. Mm, yeah. And that's why you get those hilarious kind of whiffs in this, or, like, the sword barely brushes a guy and he flies across the room and all that kind of stuff is just, like, they don't have time or money to film again. I do like the uh, signs they had, though, like Master Laboratory and then B-Complex, where the signs <laughs> okay, Also, that, also cool. that that complex at the end, that is clearly an office building or a rec center. Like it I is, thought, I thought mm-hmm. the front of it looked like a hospital almost, like a hospital uh, entrance. Yeah, because yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that yeah. lobby, that lobby got a lot of use in the in the final confrontation in, in the confrontation. They're having their Ninja E3, so this is like the opening <laughs> convention hall. You can go and you can go to like your little uh, sections to to the food court, uh, and then go see ninjas. <laughs> I guess so, but like. Of course they win. I, I feel the third act is kind of fun, but it doesn't have enough Steve James. When, once he shows up in his... Uh, there was no moment in this film as great as Steve James rolling up in the Jeep in the first movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't I know. Lo- this is very close. Like it's, He well, comes in and he's just like, <laughs> he's like oh, I'm going to wreck shit now. I'm yeah. going to rip off my shirt in his go time. It's like... He, hell he yeah. literally... He leads the charge on the building. He gets up he he thinks about running into the building by himself, and he stops. Why does he stop? To throw a grenade and say "Merry Christmas" and blow up exactly <laughs> one ninja with the grenade, and the dude comes flying out forward from the building at Steve uh, James, uh, and then he goes in, leading the charge again to start the you know the, the up close combat. And again, here's the scene where he pulls out. Is it a blade? No, it's two blades. It looks like it was one blade. And he pulled. I don't. It looks cool to me. I still don't know how he did it. It just looks cool as shit. I and mean, he starts fighting this one guy. He drops his blades, and then he goes into his final form, which is, I'm taking <laughs> off my shirt now because it's time to fight for real. And look at my muscles, bitch, because I, I worked too hard to get them. He tells the one guy to stay down. Oh my yeah, god! He, he screams it at him. Up. It says stay down. <laughs> and the guy uh, obeys her too. Yeah, <laughs> then he stops and try to get yeah. up. Like, imagine a world, imagine a world where Steve James got to be Black Dynamite. Like, how perfect uh, a world we would live uh, in yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just so, he's so great. He's so cool in this. Like, I think the third act, if you take every scene with Curtis Jackson out in the third act, I think it's a whatever movie. I think for the little <laughs> that he's in it, he elevates this movie so much over the top. Yeah, I think yeah. I think this I think this movie trailer could be re-edited as a Steve James leading vehicle, and you would not notice a difference. Oh, you'd be, so it'd be improved. It'd be improved. You notice that difference. It'd be a better movie. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, we can just keep talking about Steve James. I'm, I'm okay with that. But, you know, the movie just kind of, you know, the good guys win, bad guys, whatever. Steve James has that girl at the base, and he's, he's like, I'm going to call. He's like, no, you won't. <laughs> that's such a vulgar – that's okay. Whoever wrote that line deserves, a, deserves an, uh, an Oscar because it's just – it's such a great exchange of, I'm going to call you later. She's like, no, you won't. And he's like – you're right. It'll just like, yeah. damn, and that's it, so fucking cool. <laughs> and I've I've worked with people who you know moved to Japan because they're in the military, and that's accurate. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yep. yeah. Um, but I feel like this is the this is the high point of the franchise. Yes. I feel because from there we get. American Ninja 3, and I think we should talk about these now. You know, we got some time. I think we good. Um, American Ninja 3, no due to cough. And instead, we get David Bradley, which sounds yeah, like a fake sucks. name. He David sucks. Why do you, okay. okay. Why does. Why? David Bradley, one, very wooden <laughs> actor. I think, like, if Steve James is a someone who emanates charisma, uh, David Bradley sucks charisma like a black hole every scene he was in in american ninja 3 the movie is worse for it <laughs> like mm-hmm. he is he is so bland and boring and also as an american ninja if we're comparing <laughs> joe and david bradley's character John. he is he is demonstratively a worst american ninja he gets <laughs> beat by these like low-level thugs he he like whines a lot in the movie the only reason why I watched that movie is to hear Steve James say Ninja Baby to <laughs> uh, to uh, this Kodaichi. And he's just like, it's it's so, he's like, well, we got this Ninja Baby with us. So I'm like, Ninja yeah, Baby, you know some, Ninja Baby sounds go. like a Nicki Minaj B-side. Um, <laughs> I like my favorite part of America. Like, America is a bad movie. It does have the statuesque men standing in loincloths. So there's that, and it has the bad guy is Marjo Gortner, who I have mentioned Marjo Gortner's name more than anybody else this millennium because he was an evangelist turned actor, like he's a child, a child evangelist. He's the guy, he's the bad guy in in the in the Viva Knievel movie with Gene Kelly, and I love Marjo Gortner because he's not a very good actor, but he does one thing really well, and it's like gonna act crazy. And so just to see Marjo fucking Gortner in American Ninja 3, like, I find that funny and nobody else does, but I, will, I don't care. When is I the guy in my... America... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, what, what, what? No, I was going to say, is the guy in American Ninja 3, is he a martial artist? He is not. He is not. <laughs> so you would think you would fix the one thing that was, that was like, well, we could actually get a martial artist. No, we got another person who is not a martial artist. I think he's also, like, a model-turned-actor, but he's so much worse. Like, Anthony, my over... I'm not over exaggerating, no, no, no. right? No. Like this, we, is- we watch we watch this movie together, <laughs> and every I'm, I'm agreeing with everything TL is saying. He was a car I, salesman. Yeah, like here's here's how bad it was. I had a friend who she had not seen American Ninja Two, but we had all saw it. We're raving about it. It's like this is a very fun movie. You should come watch American Ninja Three. She oh came no, by, she's like. You guys like this movie, and it's just like, no, you don't understand. This is not this is not represented to what we were talking about. It's it's he's not good. Steve James is the only good part. 
about that yeah. movie. Well, the only I like Marjorie part. I like the bad guy. I like Marjorie Gortner. I think he's good too. And I mean, I mean, David Bradley's in a film called American Samurai that you never heard of because it's not because it's him. You'd think a movie yeah. called American Samurai would at least be fun, but I've never even like no one has talked about that movie. Um, it's still better than American Ninja Four. So I haven't seen that. Yeah. Oh, I've seen like, it once a long time ago. I don't remember much I, about it. <clears throat> what about you, Norm? Have you seen it? I saw like the first like twenty minutes, and then I don't remember the end because I must have done something else, like ate food. Yeah, or breathed. <laughs> it's more entertaining. That movie is garbage. It 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 involves Muslim terrorists, I think. Um, and it has both of them. You know, Dudikoff does rescue Bradley. Bradley is kidnapped, and so Dudikoff is the stronger ninja. But that's good. Yeah. No, but... Bradley's a, he's a joke. He's literally a joke ninja. <laughs> you have he's not strong worth opinions about Bradley. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Also, <laughs> four, I haven't seen four, but they have that Chris Rock, that Chris Rock lookalike, which is the only who I want to watch it, where they hired the guy who just looks like Chris Rock in the early 90s. I don't it know who that is. It is not Chris Rock. Okay. It, it is there is their replacement Steve James, which like oh yeah, you can't mm-hmm. you can't replace Steve James with like a guy who looks like Chris Rock. You need you need a Steve James or a Steve James equivalent. Dwayne Alexander. Yes. I believe his name is Dwayne Alexander. Uh oh no, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard not a lot of information on these people because He's not in. Oh yeah, that that guy. He looks. Yeah, he looks like he looks like if Chris Rock took steroids, which is a terrifying. Yeah, but, you, but you still should just bring back more Steve James or a Steve James alike. Yeah, or it's Steve James. Um, and or then if Steve you can't James, get Steve yeah. James, you cancel the film. Uh, <laughs> how about has anybody seen American Into Five? Never. There was a five. God damn it! I'm the only. I'm the only idiot. Um, American Into Five is better. Because it's not an American Ninja film. It was retitled American Ninja afterwards. So if you take away that expectation, it's a better movie. I think Joe, David Bradley has more chances to do other stuff. And he's better at, like, it has more comedy in it. And he's better at that. It's kind of a kid's movie. He has, like, a little kid sidekick. Pat Morita's in it for, like, five minutes and then disappears, literally, like, in a puff of smoke. It's very tongue-in-cheek. The bad guy's name is called the Viper. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I would say, like, if I'm going to rank the American Ninja films, I'm going to go two, one, five, three, four. And if I'm going to rank all the canon Ninja films, I'm going to go Revenge of the Ninja, American yes. Ninja 2, American Ninja 1, Ninja 3, 5, Enter the Ninja, then 3 and 4. That's my my ranking. What are you? Who? What's better? So I know. I think all of you, have all of you seen Nin, Revenge of the Ninja. Have you seen that, Travis? I have not seen Revenge of the Ninja. Oh, no. you're, oh you're missing out. Anthony oh, Norm, what's what's better, Revenge of the Ninja or American Ninja Two? I, I we we went through all three of the the early <laughs> yes. canon ninja trilogy, and I love I love Revenge of the Ninja so much. I love it so much. I, I got to put that above American Ninja 2. What about you, Norm? Soundtrack alone. Yeah, soundtrack yeah. alone. Yes. Ninja wins. Okay, what about Ninja 3? I, I would put Ninja 3 above 2, honestly, because, you know, it was just so goofy and just the elements were so strange. And Shokosugi was in there, so. Yeah, yeah. What about you? What about you, Anthony? 
Ninja 3 is fun because it's just so random and weird, but this is I would put American Ninja 2 right under Revenge. And Ninja 3, I would drop somewhere near the middle. If I'm drunk, American Ninja 2. If I'm sober, Ninja 3. Because Ninja 3 has enough stuff that's entertaining even if you're not drunk. Ninja 2, American Ninja 2 is better when you're drunk. I've, I learned this last week. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've watched it drunk and sober. And I had way more fun drunk. Um, so, but I, I still like it. Like, I mean, it, it, American Ninja 2, like, if you want to be objective, not a, not a well-made movie. You know, it got terrible reviews. Um, I found great, one great negative review said, um, <clears throat> let it be said that American Ninja 2 is the, easily the best American Ninja movie since American Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> and another reviewer under, for the Manhattan, Kansas Mercury, not Manhattan, Manhattan. Uh, the headline of the review was stupid stuff. And he hated the movie, but he'll agree, he would agree with us. He says, the title is singular. But both Dudikoff and James are karate wizards, and they share accent equally. Why not American Ninjas? See, he's right. So yeah. Well, but I will. I would go back to what you said earlier, though, James. Like <laughs> ninja is not an American word. So even though it says American Ninja, there are two American Ninja in the movie. It's Steve James and Michael Dudikoff. Like Fuck, you're right. You know, yeah. this is the problem they had with aliens in Japan. <laughs> they, aliens in the second Aliens movie in Japan is just called Alien Two because you you can't call it Aliens, right? Because they don't have a plural. So you're right. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like in this world, as we have become more diverse in hollywood and our casting and like and setting up film and everything the fact that we haven't gotten a revival of like these these type of ninja film and i guess mm-hmm. like you want to you want to make sure like are we being culturally sensitive and i would say i don't think like it i think there is like a little bit of like of stereotypical like stereotyping of what ninja are in these films but like <laughs> it's not like it's not like terribly like you're not looking at it like oh this is like a bad t- tinge to it. It's just like oh you just weren't as informed. Like I would love to see them bring back American Ninja. I, like if they did an American Ninja in like 2023, I would I would be I would be there day one. I would know what I'm looking what I'm in there for, and I would be absolutely <laughs> down to watch this silly movie that would probably have like the what are ninjas doing here type scene or something like that. Let me let me ask y'all this: Are y'all familiar with the Scott Adkins ninja movies from like about ten years ago? I need to watch ago? more Scott Adkins films. <laughs> okay, so for those who are not familiar with Scott Adkins, he is—I mean, guy's like a stuntman, but he's actually like a martial artist in real life. I think he's British. I can't remember where he's from, but yeah, he, he, he literally he's, has he's, done. He's British. He's British. Okay, he literally has done movies called like Ninja and Ninja Two, um, and Ninja Two has Kane Kasugi in it. Oh fuck! Um, so these movies, though, are like—I mean, I'm not going to say they're like not like big budget films, but they are clearly there's more budget put into them, um, and the fight scenes are more intense. But I was going to say, if anyone's seen these, I might be the only one here that's seen these movies. Would you say these are the natural progression of what the canon ninja movies were? Because they're they're not as campy, 
only because like the fights and stuff are really like legit. I mean, but then as far as the acting and the storyline goes, it's still kind of campy. I, on I've side. seen I've seen Debt Collector, mm-hmm. and that was that has him in it. I think uh, right. Yeah, I think that's him. Um, is that him? It's, I feel like this would be him. <laughs> yes, Debt Collector, and I've seen Triple Threat with Scott Atkins yeah, and, yeah. and Triple Threat. That has um who is it? Doesn't that have that has uh, Tony Ja Michael, Tony Ja's in that and Michael J White yeah and Michael um, J yeah um and so th- I feel like that movie is very much the continuation of this type of film and that the plot is just nothing like I forgot what it was about when I was watching it but the action <laughs> is the act nowadays when you make these movies there's a, there's an expectation that you get people who know how to fight. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you can't make America into like that anymore because people will laugh at it unintentionally. Like, 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 like we enjoy it. We enjoy it because it's silly. It has some yeah. well done stuff in it, but it's a silly movie. Like right. when you watch Triple Threat, you're like, yo, that motherfucker should be dead. <laughs> yeah. He jumped out of a building and landed on his head and then he kicked that guy in the face. You know, it has that, that, that feeling of it, like the continuation of Hong Kong cinema. So yeah, yeah, if y'all have, if y'all have not seen the Scott up. Atkins movies, the I mean the action is as good, but you're gonna get the camp in the in the dialogue in the plot. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Norm, you were gonna say something. No, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That was like it looks like the most natural progression for all these ninja movies that I've seen. I, I saw pieces of Ninja Two with Kane, but uh, yeah, I I want to see you know how that kind of matches with those older movies. I'm gonna check that out soon. So is Ninja good? The movie Ninja. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I mean, it sounds silly, but I, the only thing I do remember is the fights. And because Scott Atkins, you can tell the dude is a real martial artist. The fights are fucking good. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember what the story or whatever was, but I just remember <laughs> it was obvious this dude knows what he's doing. Uh, Debt Collectors, the sequel to Debt Collector, has a fight in it that in terms of just length and stupidity and pointlessness and amazingness rivals the they live fight like it just keeps going it's two got two friends fighting and in real life they'd both be dead and it just keeps going like a they live like put the glasses on and but they both are really good martial artists so that's a i i do recommend those films too yes so uh i guess that's a good that is a good point thank you thank you for bringing up um scott atkins uh, I didn't yeah. want to go back to, to American Ninja 2 real quick. Uh, we Always. Had an anecdote in, about, <laughs> of course, we're talking about it, right? But uh, <laughs> Chuck Norris was supposed to be the American Ninja? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He didn't want to be He didn't want to be in a movie where he wouldn't see his face. Ah, uh, okay. So the mask. That, that's not the only time Dudikoff replaced Chuck Norris. There's a movie I mentioned. I want to talk about really quick before we wrap up. Uh, Avenging Force, which... If you want to see, is this on YouTube illegally for free in 1080p? <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, Avenging Force is also directed by Fistenberg, I believe. It has uh, Michael Dudikoff and Steve James. Steve James plays an aspiring senator, and there's a racist group out to kill him. And Michael Dudikoff is a government agent. He's playing the same character that Norris played in Invasion USA. Oh, okay. So with the double Matt Hunter, same name. Um, Avenging Force is a pretty gnarly film. Anthony, I was telling you about it a little bit. 
Yeah. Can I say that word? Is that okay or not? <laughs> what gnarly? They're really I'm trying to, they so I'm to, we talked about, it, but I, I really don't remember what it was. I'm gonna use a racial slur, but not that one. They call black people in that movie a sambo. Oh that's no! Right. Oh, that's yeah. oh, that's, that's right. that yeah. vintage racism. Yeah, oh. I know. Right. Yeah. yeah, because <laughs> I, I remember somehow I saw the trailer for this movie, and you and I started talking about it, and then you told me that, and I said, "Someone in the '80s still used that term?" Because it's I'm such like, an no, old term. No, it didn't. Um, I was like, James Booth must have like thought about what he talked, how he talked in the '50s or something. That movie, the bad guys in that movie are so racist. Like they use the N word nonstop to talk about kids they murdered. Um, oh, wow. It's oh. A, and no, I'm sorry to spoil it, but I can't really recommend it because it's just kind of so gnarly. If you do like some like grindhouse type shit, because I, I like I like that. It might be good, but Steve James is killed in it. His last words are, don't let them kill my son. And then two minutes later, his son is thrown out of a burning building and shot in the face. And his son is seven years old. Seven years. Yeah. This is Avenging Force? Avenging Force. So, like, I know it sounds weird, but, like, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I like to watch a fucked up movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sam Fersenberg said... He said he liked this one uh, better than um, American Ninja 2. He said he, this was like his cream of the crop. It movie. is. A, objectively speaking, it's a better film. It has a better plot. It makes sense. <laughs> um, Can I just say that that I was looking at, at a, uh, a a user review for this movie on Letterboxd, and the top two lines are, I want to watch Hard Target. We have Hard Target at home. Oh, okay. Also, that is true because it does involve hunting people. But I feel like the hunting people part is a subplot more, and that stuff is not as good. The hunting people, the the, the dudes who hunt people are great because they all have costumes, <laughs> like, and one of them kind of dresses like a gimp. So, like, it has elements I enjoy. It and, I, and the movie's not racist. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, don't get me wrong that the right. bad guys are racist. Like, I'm just right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does sound like you're 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 describing a vision force. But it does sound like the third act of Jim Cotta. Like the first of all, fuck you. <laughs> I will I will boot you from this phone call. Um, it's a better movie than Jim Cotta. I'm just saying that third act of Jim Cotta is wild, and it just is what it reminds me of. Uh, it, uh, it, it's better than Jim. I think I can say it's better than Jim Cotta for almost every movie I've covered on this podcast. <laughs> so. <laughs> But I think we should wrap up. Unless anybody else got any ninja ninja views, ninja opinions, Steve James things they want to get off the chest? No, um, um, I, I, oh, go ahead, Anthony. I'll say I just we made a comment earlier about what if Steve James got to play Black Dynamite, and I think if you somehow have not seen, I'm going to get you, sucker. Him as Kung <sighs> Fu Joe is kind of the that idea on yeah. screen for a little bit. So you should go watch. I'm going to get you, sucker. The show that started. In Living Color and kicked off the Wayne's like career, but he is in that movie as Kung Fu Joe, and that's as close as to him being Black Dynamite as we would really, really see. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I a just, good point. Yeah, I just want people to find Steve James stuff and like <laughs> Steve James should not be should be on everyone's tongue as like this was the action star of the eighties that could have that should have been. Like in an alternate universe where the world is great, Steve James w- would have been able to make 
five million like commando type movies and been a a multi billionaire and just like got to live a long life and prosper. Yeah. Now I'm sad. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm anything you want to add. Stay down. <laughs> no, I mean, I meant a few words, but the words are great. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, I got a lot, lot, lot of plugs to do now. So I don't, uh, Noam, you go first. Where can they find you on the internet? Hey, it's YouTube's Norm, and I'm at A Question of Character, YouTube.com, A Question of Character. Also, I'm at Twitter.com at Normally Retro and Question of C. Come down if you want to have some fun. I have cookies. All right. Well, ooh, cookies. All right. Travis. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Turbo Bison. Uh, I do a podcast uh, uh, talking about the Freshman Spell Lair, which we are getting back to. Uh, Sonia has been doing other projects and stuff, but we're getting back. We're going to start back up soon. Uh, but that is live from the pool house. And yeah, also you should watch. Um, I forgot the name of that movie. I talked about it earlier, but uh, <laughs> cut that one out. I forgot the name of the movie. Helen oh, Hunt did it. Um, um, oh, uh, Transfers. Transfers. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. Go watch Transfers. Okay. For the love of Christ. Go watch Transfers. Maybe that could be on you guys talking about the Fresh Prince? I gotta, I gotta want to listen to that. That's yeah, it's awesome. fun. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very fun show. I do it with my friend Sonia. Uh, Anthony's been on. Uh, we're gonna get James on yes, and please. Norm. We, I would love to have you on too. Uh, right. But yeah, I love talking about Fresh Prince Bel Air. All right, cool. And Anthony, you can find me on Twitter at Bruce Wayne Brady, where I tweet about movies and video games a lot, and on Twitch.tv slash Bruce Wayne Brady, where I stream fighting games and sometimes like Souls games, single player stuff like Devil May Cry, a little bit of everything. So yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me at. Cool. And you can find me as usual uh, Twitter, Lost Turntable, YouTube, Lost Turntable, my website, Lost Turntable, Lost Turntable, and on my other podcast about progressive rock music. Alexander's Ragtime Band. This month's episode, we are covering Pink Floyd, but not the Pink Floyd everyone knows about, the Pink Floyd that they did before Dark Side of the Moon. So it's interesting, and you get to hear you get to hear Jimmy Parrish, the angriest I've ever heard him in my entire life, talking about Pink Floyd's Amagama, which is a bad record. It is the American Ninja 4 of uh, Pink Floyd's albums. Um, no one has ever said that before. Anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you, all three of you, for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. Um, I hope we can do it again sometime. And uh, yeah, it was great. Thank you guys so much. That's it this week. I'll be back again in a couple weeks for an episode. Until then, take care. Bye.